the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands, Tea Party Patriots, and also the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative Republican Tea Party and other groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California, trying to unite our forces into a common front rather than just existing in little isolated pockets of resistance. One of the great things about doing this show is the people I get to talk to that I would never, probably never have the chance to talk to if I was not doing the show. And today is, I'm especially excited about our guest here today, is Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of an organization called True the Vote back in 2009, which he, as a private citizen volunteering for elections, realized hey, we got some real problems here that need to be addressed. And more recently, she provided, her organization provided the data for Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, which is I, maybe still in the theaters. It was, it was released again for a regular run. That's probably coming to an end. It's also available. You can go to 2000mules.com. Those of us on our side, from the morning after the election, and we saw the uh, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. mass ballot drops for Joe Biden in the key states, were suspicious of the election. And uh, information that's come out since that time has really shown that, so- that somehow Joe Biden let the truth out when, I think it was October of, of 2020, he says, that uh, we have put together, and you guys did it for President Obama's administration before this query, what was done for, for Obama, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. And I think the evidence since that time has shown that some that he let the truth out. Catherine Engelbrecht and her organization, True the Vote, I tried to focus on a very narrow aspect to provide conclusive evidence of that vote fraud. So let's pick it up from there. Welcome to the show. It's a great honor to have you on the show. Um, what was your approach to trying to show the vote fraud in the 2020 election? Well, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, as, as far as 2020, look, I, we started early in 2020, even before this project that uh, now has become the uh, centerpiece in the 2000 Mules movie, uh, we were out there suing states, trying to prevent the unconstitutional changes that were happening coast to coast. Um, we were we were stepping in front of uh, inaccurate voter rolls, particularly in Georgia, by helping citizens across the state file citizen challenges to try to um, ensure that only eligible voters were able to vote. Um, we were out there on all fronts. But as it relates to uh, what became ultimately the movie 2000 Mules, where we were particularly concerned and focused was in the the recognition that when you have dirty voter rolls and mass mail out of ballots and you all of a sudden introduce this third variable of privately funded unregulated drop boxes, that that's going to be a recipe for disaster. And so we we began to to think through ways in which we could prove out that that process may be being abused. We didn't know if we would be right or not. But one of the ways that we sought to find that proof was using cell phone data to try to identify how many times unique cell phones went to drop boxes um, over just the early election period. And so we 
as sort of a first step, um, went and bought a tremendous amount of cell phone data, which is the kind of data that your apps on your phone give off. So it's very, very, very exacting data. And we used that uh, in five states and five jurisdictions to try to um, identify patterns of life as we geofenced around these drop boxes, meaning we put a sort of a digital catchment around them. And every time a, a cell phone went through that fence, that digital fence, we counted it. And um, over many, many, many months, the patterns began to emerge, not just around abuse of drop boxes, but also the interaction and intersection between uh, these mules, these people that were running these drop box runs and routes, but between the, the drop boxes and NGOs, uh, some nonprofit organizations. So that became the, 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 the crux of the research uh, over, again, really the better part of a year and a half. And finally, um, as we continue to try to take this to law enforcement and get investigations started, we became more and more aware that the best shot we had was to take this as public as we could. And the best way we thought that could be achieved was through a movie. And that's when we went to Dinesh. So you, you approached Dinesh with your data and said, we got this. Would you like to make a movie? Yeah, well, we basically said, let, let us show you what we've been working on. And we think that this is something that America should see. And, um, and of course, the work, I mean, the work continues up to this very moment. We're still um, grinding through data and, and acquiring video and, and working with law enforcement. But it was this balance between, you know, when is, it, when is it enough to show and enough to talk about, given that we're coming right up again on another election cycle? And so, you know, if I would have had my druthers, this would have been out long ago. Law enforcement and investigations would be much further along. But uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a heavy, heavy lift uh, to do this kind of work uh, with, with the limited bandwidth that we have, um, fighting against this notion uh, that corporate media wants us all to believe that, in fact, you know, the election was uh, purportedly the safest election ever, the most perfect, secure, fabulous election ever. There could no, not be any trace of anything wrong. And so you're constantly pushing against those headwinds, which has slowed us down. But I think now with the movie and the fact that tens of millions of people have seen it and it resonates with them, I, I think that the conversation is changing. And, and I feel like for the first time in a long time, the momentum is on our side for, for, the, for the better of the people. Well, let's hope so, because this problem has gone unaddressed of the insecurity of our elections for, for a long time. And you formed your organization Indeed. back in 2009. And there's, right. some, there's a, probably a long, much longer history of, of using vote fraud to uh, win elections. You know, if there's human nature is if there's a way to cheat, some people are, they're going to cheat. Going to do it. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And, and now we've gotten to a point where the fraud has really been institutionalized. It's, it's become um, baked into a process that now you face when, when processes that aren't common sense tell you are being subverted to, to find a legal, ram, a legal remedy for that becomes increasingly difficult when laws are being written to allow for the removal of checks and balances and to allow for this sort of theater of the absurd to continue. So it's, it's really incumbent upon Americans to say enough is enough. This, is, this has gone on too long. There are better ways to do this. There's technology available to, to afford better, more secure, and more transparent processes. And, and that's where we have to head next. Uh, we, it's a total overhaul. Well, in Fr France just had a presidential election. And they, the use of mail ballots is severely restricted, basically the military or you have to have a real good reason to get a ballot by mail. Otherwise, everybody shows up and votes on Election Day on paper ballots, shows a photo ID. And, the, and they nevertheless count the results and they know the results by the end of the day. So it, right. it, 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 it doesn't even... It, it doesn't take a high-tech system to have a secure and honest election. No, not, not at all. It just takes political will, and that's what's been lacking. You know, this has been a, um, a, a very um, useful uh, boondoggle for quite some time. Both parties can make uh, 
you know, can can leverage it to their to their interests and effects. And uh, it's been the voter that's been compromised in that process. And so, yeah, you look around the world at how elections are conducted and it's, it's, it's evident um, we are the outlier. And there's a reason for that. It's not accidental. It's, it's intentional. And um, it's time we wake up and do something about it. Yeah. The ironic thing is America would be better off if we had immigration laws and election laws as strict and as uh, strictly enforced as Mexico. Yeah. True. Now, ironic, but true. Uh, now, you put you used in your the ballot mule is like a drug mule. Only they're carrying instead of carrying illegal drugs, they're carrying illegal ballots. And you used a very high to get to your 2000 mules. You used a very restrictive definition of what you were who, the people you were going to count. Tell us about that. So, so yeah, we use a very high standard for or a high mark for the number of times that these individual devices had to go to drop boxes uh, and, and NGOs in order to be uh, considered in our study. Uh, and those, in, those individual devices, uh, then we began to refer to as mules. The, the people that were running those routes uh, to and from NGOs and drop boxes uh, day in, day out during the early election period, which was different in every state a little bit different profile in every state. But uh, nonetheless, the, the, the abuse of that process was excessive and clear. And even with that, and that's how in those key areas you found the 2,000 mules, hence the, the title of the movie. Now, right. then, you, then you also went and matched it up with video that were supposed to be on the drop boxes in some cases it was in some cases it wasn't that's exactly right and the drop the the, the video is a is a is a movie unto itself because we we started the process at the same time that we started uh, acquiring data we started uh, submitting open records requests for video and it was a, a very challenging process to to acquire the video, then to be able to read the video. There was differences, you know, even within the state, uh, different counties all had different uh, cameras and readers. It was just a mess. Uh, but that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is that there are a lot of states and jurisdictions that told their voters that they had video and didn't. It was just uh, a lie. And so there's not nearly as much video as there ought to be, but the video that does exist and is usable points to, again, the abuse of process. And you were able to match that up. You, could, you get the, the cell phone data right. of a particular ballot mule going to the drop box at a certain time, and there he is or there she is. Right. The timestamp and the metadata in the video uh, was, was able then to be tracked back to the timestamp in the geospatial data which is how you, you find these needles in haystacks of, of you know, millions and millions of minutes of video. Let's take a pause here, hear from our sponsor. He always likes to have his commercial play during, uh, during the show. And we'll resume our discussion with Catherine Engelbrick of True the Vote and the uh, source of all the information for the movie 2000 Mules. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, and I have the honor of interviewing and talking to Catherine Engelbrecht today. She is the founder of True the Vote, 
an organization dedicated to promoting election integrity. And the, she's a, her organization is the source of the data used in the movie 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza, the 2000 mules being the mules being the people carrying the illegal ballots. So maybe as a spoiler for the movie, but let's go ahead and what did you what was the net result that you found using that very restrictive definition? 10 or more drop boxes in states all where paid ballot trafficking and harvesting is illegal. Right. And five or more nonprofit organizations, presumably to pick up the, the ballots. What what did you find? Well, we found uh, hundreds and hundreds of people uh, or let's say devices attached to people uh, that met that profile in each of the jurisdictions. Uh, again, getting back to you know, when you add it all up, it's approximately 2000. But I want to stress that's just in the jurisdictions that we study. Uh, the, the, the implication is that the number is far, far greater. Now, when you look at the, the actual number of mules, in, in connection with then how many times they went to the drop box and the average number of ballots that were being dropped, which we estimate at five, um, the, 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 the import of that, the, the outcome of that, I should say, uh, is more than enough to flip any state uh, between the candidates because the states were so close. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a breathtaking um, consideration that, uh, you know, that we're now to, left to to do something about in 2022. I mean, it's it's outrageous what's happened, but we have got to stand firm and make sure it doesn't continue to happen in the days ahead. Well, I found one of what was even more staggering was if you relax the standard to only five right. drop box visits. So these, are, these are all states where, you know, some of them you could carry a family member's right. ballot and drop it in, but there was no all of these states, it was illegal to do the paid, organized ballot harvesting that is legal here in here in California. So with a, with a five drop box threshold, and I think it was three nonprofit visits, you found fifty four thousand ballot mules, fifty four thousand people being paid right. to dra traffic illegal ballots. That's right. And, and it's one of the reasons that we did keep the standard so high, because we needed to be able to prove out uh, patterns of life and be certain that, you know, we we were confident, 100 percent confident in in our in our results. But there's no doubt you start you start lowering that threshold and the numbers. I, I mean, it's our process is being subverted in plain sight. and. And it is incumbent now upon law enforcement to take this and do something with it to pursue and investigate what really is going on, because the trails are evident. Right. And, and you, you don't you don't got to be Sherlock Holmes to to follow up on this stuff. You have you have the you have the cell phone tracking data. You can That's go right. find out who those people are. You, they've, they've committed felonies. You bring them in. Who paid you? And you follow it up the line. You get the search warrants for those nonprofit organizations and subpoena all their electronic records. This is this is again. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to unravel this. That's 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 exactly right, and it's been part of our frustration. Is what is the reluctance? Just investigate it. You know, if there's nothing there, then okay. But investigate it. Why the reluctance when when we have clearly set a a a solid predicate for an investigation? Yes, and you even before long before the movie was released, you gave this information over to the rep nominally Republican governor of Georgia, Kemp, and the nominally Republican Secretary of State of Georgia, Raffensperger, and they just sat on it. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, the governor Kemp and and the and his team, and then the the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, uh, you know ultimately caused us to waste about seven months in trying to uh, advance the investigation through those offices. Then we went to the Secretary of State, and uh, to his credit, uh, they announced an investigation in January, but it's been, uh, it's been tenuous since then. I'm, I'm very hopeful that now that the primary is over, 
uh, we'll, you know, we'll get back to the business at hand, but it remains to be seen. Well, you don't, you don't have to agree with it. In my view, Kemp and Raffensperger, whether they were bribed, blackmailed, or they're just really Democrats, are part of the Democrats' most comprehensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in <laughs> American history. And you, you, say you, don't, you don't have to agree with it, but that's, that's how I see it. Um, are there, I think there, there's Yuma County, Arizona is trying to do something. And I think I read somewhere that Green, Green Bay, Wisconsin, they're trying to do something. Um, anywhere else, the people are, that there's law enforcement, there's any honest law enforcement trying to follow up on these felonies? Um, yes, we have uh, just recently um, been been working with, I mean, just this week, begun to work with uh, sheriffs across Michigan and are you know, trying to find that connection uh, that would work for them. I mean, that's actually one of the most ex- encouraging things to come out of all of this is that sheriffs from across the country who are in a position to actually help to enforce election laws uh, are, are stepping forward to say, you know what, if the bureaucrats won't do it, we will. And, um, and that's, that's all we need. I mean, we just need the law to be upheld because right now our process is lawless. So um, it's very, it, to me, that's one of the most encouraging things that's happened to date. Now, another aspect that many people, many of the people on our side are concerned with, and I think rightly so, but out, maybe outside the, your area of focus is the electronic voting machines. Then there's great potential there because you don't, when, you, when you're not allowed to examine the software, you're not allowed to examine the machines, just trust us to do it right. And often the trust us is a private company, not even, not even a government agency. Um, do you have any thoughts or information about the, how much vote fraud is going on with the machines? You know, I, I really can't say. I, I do know this, that the, the process end to end, soup to nuts, has problems. And, and with the machines, there are you know, all manner of considerations ranging from the fact that any machine can be hacked to uh, the fact that the people that are running the machines are typically from temp agencies or volunteers that, you know, they are not, um, uh, they are, they are easily um, I don't want to say misled, but I mean, the process is, is very confusing as it, as it is uh, of, of the way that we, we track and trace and move around ballots. It is not hard to imagine uh, a, a subversive tactic that could be used in that environment as well. Uh, and, and then, you know, what's, what's the worst all, in my opinion, is the cover-up that occurs after it because of the, the breaking of chains of custody, the breaking of certifications that should prevent uh, these kinds of things from occurring because in the end you should be able to sort of audit each module but that too has been eroded to a point where you can't count on two plus two to equal four so uh, there are a lot this is a thousand front war and there are a lot of places that need to be improved you don't have a little bit of time up uh, but it it would um, only be uh, one of the things that's that's impressed me about you and why i'm so happy on the show is it's one thing to be involved in this process and spend your time on it and spend some of your money on it, uh, as I do, but to really t- take risks and bear the consequences. And we only have less than a minute left. But when you first formed this organization, we saw the government release their inner thug on you. And <laughs> tell us briefly about what you were subjected to for trying to have honest elections. Sure. Well, I mean, we started through the vote and the full weight of the federal government came after us, five different agencies, 23 audits or investigations. It was it was outrageous. We ended up suing the IRS and after seven years, eight years winning. Um, But the question was always, what could we be so close to that they would stop at nothing to silence us? And I think now in 2020, we know uh, we're over the target and we're not quitting. And um Whatever you know, they can they can bring their best. We're we're in this we're in this to the end. Uh, hats off to you. Uh, we need more American citizens to stand up like you do. I know that you, your your time is short and very much in demand these days, and I very much appreciate you being on this show, and even more so the work you're doing to try to restore or at least establish 
election integrity in this country because that's just, without that, without honest elections, the republic will fall and we either go into tyranny or civil war. So thank you again for being on the show and thank you. Keep up the good work. And uh, we would love to have the opportunity to talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio, where we will have uh, one of the uh, J6 defendants uh, back to give us an update on his case and tell us his story. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of conservative groups in the Inland Empire trying to form a united front to fight for our country and freedom rather than just existing in isolated pockets of resistance. In our first half, we had the pleasure and honor of uh, speaking with Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of True the Vote that provided the information and data that was used in Dinesh D'Souza's recent movie is still out, uh, 2,000 mules, mules being uh, carrying illegal drug. In this case, they're carrying illegal ballots. And, uh, using a very restrictive definition of who qualified as a ballot mule, they still were able to conclusively prove that just that one little aspect of the Democrats, quote, most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics, close quote, was enough to flip the election from Donald Trump to Joseph Biden. And that doesn't even count the board of voter rolls. It doesn't count eliminating signature verification requirements in effect. It doesn't count the voting machines. It doesn't count midnight ballot drops of hundreds of thousands of, of, uh, of ballots 95% for Joe Biden, and so on and so on. Just this aspect of running illegal ballots and putting them in the drop boxes in just the Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee, and Phoenix areas of those those states was enough to flip the election. And I would encourage everyone to see the movie and try to get not just the people that on our side, but see if you can get people that have bought into the mainstream media, Democrat and established Republican gaslighting that this was the most secure election in American history when it wasn't. So go to 2000mules.com. You can buy a DVD. You can buy the movie for download and viewing online. And it may still be in theaters. So you can find all that again at 2000mules. And I would encourage everyone whether you already believe that the election was stolen or you have any doubts about it, or even if you think it wasn't, see the movie and evaluate the evidence and data for yourself. Without real, without honest elections, the republic will fall and the country will, will either go into dictatorship or civil war. We are pleased to have back 
Derek Kinnison, and uh, he is, was on the show before. He's spoken to the Redlands Tea Party Patriots before, and he is one of the January 6 defendants, uh, even though he never even entered the Capitol, didn't harm any people, didn't uh, damage any property, didn't even litter on Capitol grounds. He's still nevertheless one of the defendants. So Derek, welcome to the show. And um, for those of us who may not be familiar with your story, what happened to you? All right, Greg. Well, I just want to uh, thank you and the Redlands Sea Party Patriots for uh, giving me your platform to share my story. Uh, you guys have done so much for us, and it's, it's just greatly, greatly appreciated the uh, stance you guys are taking to fight for freedom. Um, and uh, to add to that, everybody always says I've got a great face for radio. So thank you. That's my line. Oh, all right. Well, so, um, yeah, uh, pretty much just kind of in a quick nutshell, obviously, I'm, I'm in a, uh, you know, ongoing um, investigation and trial. But went out to January 6th uh, with, you know, about 2 million other Americans um, uh, basically did not enter the Capitol building, did not have intentions to anything like that. I had a backpack full of medical gear, uh, which actually came in very, very handy to help um, set up triage for people who were, uh, you know, getting hurt, pepper sprayed, rubber bullets, batons, things like that. Um, that's pretty much what I did on January 6th, um, come home and February 19th, 6.02 in the morning, uh, was raided by the, uh, the FBI joint terrorism task force with the SWAT team, um, start to finish. There's probably about a hundred different people at, at my house. And, uh, you know, I've never had any, uh, prior criminal record, any big run-ins, anything like that. I was actually a California concealed carry holder, um, which, you know, should uh, speak for my background. And um, yeah, it's rated by uh, by 100 people, flashbangs, um, M4 rifles pointed at myself, red dots all over me, red dots on my daughter, uh, 12 years old at the time. Uh, they used uh, um, drones, robots, no, no expense spared just to, uh, just come after me. Um, I was not charged that day. Um, I was about hour and a half into the raid after asking for asking to see the, uh, the warrant. Um, they said it was not on scene at the time that they were breaking into my house. Um, once I finally did get to see it, they said, you're not being charged with anything today. We just want to talk to you about your trip. And I said, well, you guys could have called. And uh, <laughs> we want to talk to you about your trip with a hundred yeah. SWAT team members. Yeah. I mean, just, I, I don't even know the dollar amount that was spent on that. And at the same time, they were simultaneously uh, rating my friends as well. So that's a, a hundred agents at four different people's houses. So it's 400 people's payroll. Um, so yeah, wasn't, uh, wasn't charged uh, at that time. I did not give a, a statement. I told them I would be happy to cooperate with their investigation, but I need to speak with counsel first. Um, they kept trying to uh, um, get me to answer questions. Um, actually, uh, it, as soon as I was notified by the SWAT team that they didn't have the warrant on scene, I actually demanded the Riverside County Sheriff deputy there for my, my representation. And uh, that was denied as well. So that's how the uh, how the FBI operates here in Southern California. Um, it was a 120 day warrant uh, about day 110. Um, you know, times obviously you know went by very slowly, but I'm like, yeah, you know, about another week and a half, not being charged, we'll probably be in the clear. This is probably going to go nowhere. And then uh, June 10th last year, get a call early in the morning. I was uh, in my truck. I run a small business. I was heading to a customer's house and uh, had workers lined up and everything and got a call from the FBI. Uh, they stated that, oh, well, remember how you said that, you know, you wish we would have called first. Well, this is your call. You need to um, be in Riverside by 10 a.m. Um, you're going to be arrested today. You're indicted and we're not seeking detention. So you'll you'll be out, you know, later tonight, but you need to show up. And I said, well, I got work. They're all, you need to cancel your work. So I was uh, federally indicted June 9th, um, did a voluntary oh, wow. surrender. 
Um, five felonies, five felonies, um, just ranging from conspiracy because I, I, I was, uh, traveled, <laughs> we drove, uh, you know, drove with some friends cross country. So that's conspiracy, uh, which is a felony, um, obstruction of an official proceeding. Um, there was, uh, uh, disorderly conduct, which I'm not sure where they're even getting that, um, the uh, trespassing, which most people face as a misdemeanor, um, we're, we're indicted with a couple other guys from um, Orange County that who we don't know. One of those guys did have a, a visible knife, so they, they charged everybody with deadly weapons charges. So that's a felony enhancement on top of the misdemeanor trespassing. And uh, basically, you, know, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that, you know, a guy that we don't know, but we were on a chat group together. And, uh, you know, I left that chat group on January 6th. It was basically a chat group for a specific time for people who traveled from California to meet up at a hotel and safely walk over to uh, the Ellipse to hear Trump's Trump speech. And we actually didn't even make that rendezvous. So I left the chat group and uh, lo and behold, they're charging me with a felony for that, for tampering with evidence from grand jury investigation. I said, well, Okay, I, I left that chat group on January 6th. Was there a January 6th investigation going on at that time? Amazing. So. And how did you give any, they have not charged everyone who was on Capitol grounds. Do you have any idea how they picked you out? Well, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, these guys from Orange County are a little more prominent on social media. I don't have any social media. Um, Facebook, anything like that. And so they came across those guys. They came across this chat group from people from California traveling to DC. Uh, my friends and I were on that. My friends and I are, you know, were part of a, a, a Patriot group. And basically, you know, the, uh, the, the U.S. attorneys, their MO is to really go after the whole Patriot movement. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff about, you know, the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and, and things like that in, in the news. And basically, we were part of a little small kind of grassroots group that doesn't have a national following life like um, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. But uh, they saw we were in a Patriot group. So they uh, wanted to uh, just kind of throw us in there as well. So that's that's the reason, you know, like I said, didn't step inside, you know, and everybody may be thinking, well, dude, you got five felonies against you. You had to do, done something, you know, none of none of our felonies or anything violent. Um, obviously, if I had engaged with uh, law enforcement or anything, there would be body cam footage and I would be I would be charged charged with doing that. Um, you know, so, yeah, everything fully nonviolent, literally standing uh standing outside of the building with the uh, with flags and a backpack with some medical gear uh, got me five felonies and was, was there no trespassing signs or notices did they broadcast on the loudspeaker that says you can't be on capitol ground you have to leave no not at all i mean they they, they could have had uh, several you know opportunities to do that even if you know there weren't signs or signs were you know taken down or not visible whatever um, yeah, there was no announcements made. I mean, there was no helicopter flying over saying everybody needs to disperse your trespassing. You'll be prosecuted. And, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware here in uh, California, we have uh, Penal Code 602, which is uh, tr uh, trespass arrest authority. And uh, I have one here on my house. And it's a letter that you have to file every year because it expires. And I also have to have proper signage on my house if I want to prosecute anybody that wants to, you know, hop in my backyard or something. So, you know, that's that's how hard it is to actually prosecute someone for trespassing here in this uh, very liberal state of California. And, uh, you know, seems in the very liberal uh, <clears throat> district of Columbia, um, you know, you don't even need signs or announcements. Now, the government has been postponing and postponing and postponing your case. So they don't, they don't seem exactly eager to, uh, to go, to go try your case. Um, what's, what's, what's the current status? And I think they're trying to get you to uh, plea bargain to something. Yes, that's, that's correct. So um, I was indicted June 9th, 2021. So we're obviously coming up on one year. Uh, your uh, speedy trial act is 70 days. So we're, uh, we're coming up on 370 days almost. 
so yeah, they keep uh, bumping everything back. Uh, U.S. attorneys did just send us a um, um, send us all a very threatening letter, basically saying if you don't take a, a, a plea deal, this is what you're going to be facing. And they listed all the charges, maximum penalties. So if I add up all my maximum penalties for these five felonies, um, it's 80 years in prison max, as well as a max of 1.25 million dollars. And then they're also stating that they're going to seek a uh, terrorist enhancement. <clears throat> so had a status conference uh, earlier this morning, and uh, one of the defense attorneys did actually bring that letter up to the judge, and you know said, "Hey, this is this is threatening. You know, this is threatening. This is you know trying to just pretty much make everybody take a plea deal, and it, it's not right. And I want to go on record about it." And of course, the, the U.S. attorneys denied it. Said, "No, we're just, you know." So they kind of did a little back and forth. But um, that that um, that terrorist enhancement, I did just want to bring some attention to. Uh, there's a young gentleman named uh, Matthew Perna, and uh, he lives back east. And he he was charged for January 6, like so many, coerced into a plea deal that he didn't agree with. And, but he just wanted everything to go away, want his life back. He you know, lost friends, lost family, lost his fiance because of all this. And uh, so he agreed to a plea deal, signed a plea deal. The U.S. attorneys said, you know what, we're not going to sentence. We're not going to move forward on this because we believe that there's more to this story. And we want to add a terrorist enhancement and we're seeking a superseding indictment bringing extra charges and this young man uh, Matthew Perna he then went into his garage and uh, took his own life so I mean this is this is the kind of stuff that's happening um, you know I, I know everybody knows about uh, Ashley Babbitt um, you know she was pretty much murdered in, in front of all of America there were also three other Patriots who were killed on January 6th uh, there was uh, Roseanne Boyland, who was uh, beaten and trampled to death by uh, D.C. police officers. Or well, something. she was laying on the ground. She was, she was beaten laying on the ground with a metal rod, yeah. and that was that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, and and I mean, who knows if these even were police officers? You know, who who knows who who they were? Nobody had identification badges, anything like that. And then um, because of all the flashbangs that were thrown into the crowd, um, there are two other gentlemen, um, Benjamin Phillips and uh, Kevin Greeson, who uh, suffered heart attacks because of those flashbangs. Let's take a pause here. We'll pass time for a break here. Uh, let's hear from our sponsor. Um, in addition to the Beaumont Manning Cherry Valley Tea Party, uh, which we appreciate, and some guy named Greg Britton, uh, we also are sponsored by the Elder Law Center. Let's hear from them. Bye, Dr. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're pleased to be visiting with Derek Kinnison, who is one of the January 6th defendants, notwithstanding the fact that he never even entered the Capitol, damaged no property, hurt no people, didn't even litter on Capitol grounds, and he's facing up to 80 years in prison. Um, my co-host uh, this week is Linda Forsyth of Sevine News. And thus far, I haven't let her into the conversation. So, Linda, what would you like to ask Derek? Well, first of all, Greg, thank you for having having me. And Derek, oh, my, your story is absolutely horrific. Uh, it's I can't even imagine what this must have been like for you going through this, because we had a number of representatives, as we talked about on our break before coming on here from Sevine News that were volunteers, citizen journalists, uh, quite a few of them that were filming from their phones from all different directions, all the way throughout the entire thing. 
uh, that we pieced together a documentary. And we didn't even suggest to people in the documentary what to think or anything. Uh, it was, we didn't see anything, even remotely, that was threatening or problematic whatsoever. Uh, there was some footage that uh, there was one person they took down that was causing some problems. And we did receive a footage, which is one thing I'm going to ask you, Derek, is uh, the one gentleman that is a retired police officer that was there doing the actual uh, uh, narration of the video, he climbed a light pole so he could get a bird's eye view and watched the Capitol Police or whatever they technically are being called to leave. And at the same time, a flare went off. And he got that flair. I haven't heard anybody say anything about that anywhere. Have you heard about anything like that? Yes, I did. Uh, I did um, hear about the flare and and see uh, see video of it actually. Um, yeah, I mean, just we we were late getting there. We weren't even headed there. We were so tired. We were heading back to our hotel. And uh, we had just got some calls from some people we'd met out there and they said, hey, Antifa's breaking in the Capitol. And so we, you know, took, took uh, the longest way walking to get there. So we were pretty late. And, you know, by the time we got there, a lot had already happened. The Capitol had been breached. But, yeah, I mean, we, we did see just, uh, you know, CS gas canisters getting launched on people, the flashbangs, which, which you know, caused two heart attacks. Um um, you know, so yeah, there was, there was just, just a lot going on, you know, definitely. Um, yeah, the flare I've heard about it, but I, I, I have not, um, you know, heard anything else on who, who did it and what the possible signal would have been. Well, the flare, um, did that happen just before, just after, uh, the flashbangs and the tear gas and stuff that you're talking about, all the different things that you saw happen? At what point did that flare happen? I didn't see the flare. I didn't see the flare um, personally. Like I said, we were late getting there. I'm sure the flare actually probably happened before we even arrived. We were probably still, you know, blocks away by the time that, that flare went off. So, I mean, we just kind of, you know, we didn't push past any any fencing, any barriers, you know, but we were late getting there. We just kind of walked up, walked up to where we were and kind of stood there for a couple hours and, help some people who are, you know, getting pepper sprayed and, and, you know, beat up by police and curfew enacted, found some uh, uh, elderly ladies and walked them back to their hotel. So that was, uh, that was, that was my big, uh, big day there. You know, what um, another aspect that people talked about is there was a stage speakers uh, microphone set up on one side of the Capitol, but the Capitol police diverted the protesters from that side over to the other side where they, they didn't have any of that. And ultimately, then the Capitol Police opened the doors and let them in. And it's, no one, no one's out of you. Who gave, who gave those orders? And no one's even asked, no one is even other than me, and I'm just, here, I'm just out here in Redlands, California, no one's asking those questions, even our media, even our media, and certainly you know, none of our politicians are. Who gave those orders? Yeah, definitely. You know, who, who, who did give those orders? Yeah. That's a pretty significant in, 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 question. In between, in between sips of vodka, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, no, I mean, I I, I definitely, uh, you know, just want to say that, you know, this is a very, very tough ordeal to go through. But, you know, I give give all credit to, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And, uh, you know, anybody out there that uh, loves freedom, um, you know, uh, God is the true one inventor and author of freedom. So that's uh, that's what's given me the strength to uh, to to fight through this fight and is. you know, just standing strong, digging into the word. Is there um, a website or something uh, that tells your story someplace that people could go to read about it? Uh, anything else besides your showing up on radio? 
Um, yeah, I do have a, a, a fundraiser where I, I do post updates, and that's uh, Give, Send, Go uh, under Derek Kinnison. And uh, there's also um, Patriot Mail Project and AmericanGulag.org that have stories like mine and so many others, so many, you know, people that are going through it worse. You know, right now we still have at least about 60 people who are in my same situation, except they're in jail, um, indefinitely pre-trial, guys with no violent uh, histories, um, no trial dates set, and they've been in jail, some of them since January, February of 2021, um, just pre-trial detention. It's it's absolutely disgusting, and they're uh, patriot uh, prisoners of war. Now, under all, many of them under, he's in D.C. under actually horrendous conditions that would not be accepted for anyone else. And Derek, we are out of time, but I want to appreciate, you know, it's one thing to be involved in politics, another thing to have courage and, and, and stand up for what's right and not take that plea deal when you didn't do anything wrong. And you have our admiration. And again, you can go to Give, Send, Go and look for Derek Kennison if you'd like to help some support him. I'm sure he could use some money for attorney fees. Uh, that, that's very, very expensive. That's all the time we have this week. Um, thank you, Derek. Thank you, Linda. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of United. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.